Brent, growing up, did you ever think you'd be on a podcast? <laughs> I couldn't have fathomed what a podcast would have been. What do you think the first podcast you ever Listen recall to? listening to? Oh, my. I actually have no idea. I haven't really gotten into podcasting other than in like us. Played, well, yeah. Just like listening just to us. Listen to you talk. No, it's probably been more like within the last four or five years that I've really even done that. It is sort of fascinating because you could look at podcasting as a return to radio. It is very interesting. I remember like listening to radio, like theater as a kid. There's this program called Man. Unshackled. And just to confirm, you did live in Iowa, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it would be like, yeah, you'd like listen to stories. And I'm like, that's basically what a podcast is. Now. It is. Yeah, that is kind of funny. The same thing's happening with uh, streaming services right now, where it's like we went away from cable because it was like too expensive and you had way too many options that you yeah. didn't have. And now that there's all these streaming services and you only want to watch one show from one service and other movies from a different, you have people that are like kind of entertaining the idea of like, well, we should just have like an option to pick and choose from diff different streaming services. Like, Well, that's just what cable was. So Lucy was, she was starting to watch this series uh, that I watched when I was a kid and she was, asking me if I'd seen this certain episode. I'm like, well, I, it's not like I saw every single episode. Like, <laughs> it was just on TV. It's just the ones you, and whatever she ones was, you saw, you got to see. She yeah. goes, oh, you had channels. I hate channels. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy to think about that she didn't even know what. She, no, like, it's not even like cable's not even like a thing, really. idea for her. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like you had... Disney Channel, Channel 35, Cartoon oh, yeah. Network, Channel 36, Nickelodeon, Channel 37. And you had like five ESPNs. Yep. Yeah, ESPN, the Ocho. <laughs> Speaking of ESPN, the Ocho. Oh, we're just, just incredible segue to the Psalms there. Yep. Nothing like it. So this is the second week of the Psalms, Psalms 26 through 50. I always sometimes get caught up in my head if I should say Psalm or Psalms. Well, there's 150 of them, so, so that'd be plural. Right. <laughs> I guess that answers my uh, my challenge. So last week we kind of we began looking at we we did a brief kind of overview of the Bible story, you know, big picture storyline that we've been seeing here as Israel's waiting for a Messiah. We're zooming into the devotional life now mm -hmm. in this poetry genre, mm -hmm. and instead of you know recapping 25 different psalms each week, 25 individual psalms and what each author's saying. We decided instead to kind of look at the different themes that we see throughout the Psalms and highlight uh, uh, one specific Psalm genre or Psalm theme each week. And so last week we did Messianic as we looked at Psalm 2, mm -hmm. not to be confused with Psalms 2. That's right. And this week we'll look at praise, hmm. Psalm 33. Okay. So, you know, do you, do you know the last time we incorporated Psalm 33 into our corporate worship gatherings on Sunday mornings? No idea. I'm not positive, but I don't think we ever have. Hmm. I did a br brief search. We definitely have it in the last two years. And when I looked through the Hattonfield archives, I couldn't find anything. It's technically your fault because you, you planned the 
the the, the, the kind of pastoral prayer and scriptural that, that is kind of like one finger pointing out four fingers pointing at me kind <laughs> of, or three fingers pointing at me or whatever so i mean i actually kind of thought it might be wise to even touch on that point why we've tried to incorporate some mm. of those scripture readings into our worship gatherings on sunday mornings mm-hmm. do you want to comment on that at all well i think the basic point would be if we want our thoughts to be thoughts about God to be um, I guess guided by God's thoughts about God then, yeah. then scripture is the way to like I get navigate that or you know approach the Lord it's not like because that is the essence of worship is like trying to understand and worship God for who he has revealed him to himself to be, not who we want him to be or who we think him to be or, you know, who are whatever, you know? And and so I think the best, I know the best way to do that is to allow scripture Hmm. to define, um, who God is and then guide our thoughts about God. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. I love that point there that you made identifying that if we weren't to allow scripture, if if we don't allow scripture to filter through our understanding of God, there's a very good chance we misunderstand who he is and have kind of characterized him to be subservient to our own desires or. Yeah. And I would say it's not even a very good chance. It's like, we will do that. Yeah. We will form an idol. Yeah. You know. And make him to be what we want him to be. Yeah, that's great. And then, I mean, obviously it's not, we're kind of coming off some unique Sundays with Grad Sunday and uh, with the baby dedications this past mm-hmm. week. But we do try to kind of incorporate whole, uh, like a holistic representation of prayers, types of prayers throughout Scripture, which is somewhat what we're which is what we're getting into in the Psalms. Why might it be important that, you know, it it might be uncomfortable to spend time kind of navigating these different themes of prayers, but why might it be important for us to spend time doing that? Well, I think just to see the breadth of the human experience as it relates to God, you know, there are, there are times like it would be disingenuous for us to, you know, be in a, uh, I don't know, a spirit of, you know, you you come in with some really heavy thing on your heart. Mm-hmm. And not that you can't praise God during that, but it does feel a little bit like, actually, I'm really down mm-hmm. today, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm, I'm, I'm more needing to be honest about uh, how I'm feeling and where I'm, looking and where I finally find my hope. Hmm. So I think to be able to, the Psalms capture that whole broad experience. Yeah. So that it's not always just praise, 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 praise. Yeah. Uh, Because sometimes like we come in and like, man, it's been really hard week Mm -hmm. or something tragic has happened. And Mm -hmm. what what, what do we, it just, it's not consistent with what Mm. we're experiencing. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it is. That that is a a challenge to try to incorporate that because even 
you know, there, there is kind of that. We, we talked about this, I think, maybe last week or whenever we were kind of introducing that idea of the Psalms is that there is that temptation to kind of think that we're not allowed to experience those different heights and downs right. of emotions. Right. Like it should only be praise. Right. And realizing like God made our emotions and it doesn't mean we take our cues from our emotions because that can be a roller coaster. But at the same time, we do have to realize God, God made our emotions. Yeah. And also we do live in a broken world. It's created by God and it's marked by his grace and goodness, but it's also marked by sin. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a breadth of experience there. Yeah. Of sometimes we need to just come in and be broken before God because of our sinfulness. Yeah. Sometimes we need to come and be like, you know, there's this awful thing that's going on in my life and I don't get it, but I'm still going to trust in the Lord or, you know, or there's times where it's just like, ah, man, God has just been blessing me and mm-hmm. I want to give gratitude. Yeah. And it also kind of helps calibrate us with that scriptural command for us to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who yeah. weep. Like we might be having, we yeah. might be on cloud nine spiritually yeah. walking into church on Sunday and to kind of walk into a prayer of lament that mentions, you know, uh, we're, we're struggling to trust God in a time when church members are going through depression. Yeah. You know, it kind of helps us realize, Oh, that, that uh, not everyone's feeling the same way that I am. Yeah. And there's a way that we can love one another. Yeah. Amidst those hardships. Yeah. Anyway, with that being said, this week we're, we're going to look at Psalm 33 and do a psalm of, look, which is a psalm of praise. And then we'll, we'll even just talk about that briefly. Maybe it's applications for our lives. And then we actually got a couple questions that we're going to mm. dive back into. So I don't know. I don't know if you want to help me distinguish a psalm. I was trying to think of questions proactively people might have. I was trying to answer questions proactively, I should say. The difference between a psalm of praise and a psalm of thanksgiving, in my mind, is a psalm of praise. Now, granted, there's going to be a lot of intertwining going on there, but a mm-hmm. psalm of praise is primarily praising God for just who he is yeah. and his character, whereas yeah. thanksgiving psalms typically are testifying to God's work in a particular area or like in a particular event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these are the psalms of praise, like we'll see in Psalm 33, there's a special attention paid to the character and the attributes yeah. about God. Yeah. And maybe Psalms of thanks would be more focused on the actions of yeah. God. Yeah. When yeah. we were, you know, being sabotaged by the nations around us, you yeah. delivered us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's do Psalm 33 and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. You want to read it? Sure. All right. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breadth of his mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. 
he who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation, and by its great might it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Amen. You know, Brent, you should think about getting into the audio Bible business. Uh, I don't know about that. All right. So I admittedly spent time looking at this beforehand, that I wanted to highlight a couple attributes about yeah. God or that God you know, is revealed in this psalm. And just even here, if you've got any thoughts that you want to, you know, we might just identify them and move on because they kind of speak for themselves. Sure. The first, I love how the psalmist here is praising God for his word. Hmm. So we see this in the first, you know, 10 verses, like verse four, for the word of the Lord is upright and all of his work is done in faithfulness. Verse six, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. Verse eight, nine elaborates on that point. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Hmm. You know, in some ways, like, we've kind of talked about how uh, not w- not wanting to come to Scripture with kind of preset categories of how we understand God to kind of fit in in these box. Instead, you know, it's, it's potentially more helpful at times to just kind of let Scripture reveal itself as we kind of work through Scripture. And one pervasive theme that we continue to see that this psalmist picks up on is the Word. Specifically that God's Word goes forth, creates things. It's effective. Effective, and it brings, yeah, it brings to fruition what it, you know, can't like that, uh, was that, Isaiah 55, mm-hmm. my word shall not return to be void. It mm-hmm. accomplishes what it's set out to do. Mm-hmm. Which, which is remarkable because God has given us his written word for us in our own lives as well. Mm. In in your life, I mean, is there is there an aspect about uh, praise to God in your own life that you, you know, you want to praise God for in the way that he's revealed his word to you that you can think of over the years, even if it's within the last couple weeks? Um, I mean, there would be a lot of those examples. I mean, is your question how God's word has encouraged my life? Is that kind of what you're getting at? You know or, what? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, because I think like part of what's going on here, that this emphasis on the word of the Lord is talking about the power of God that he speaks. You know, especially as you like contrast it to the the king and his great army and the warrior and his great strength and the war horse, like God, his power is so effectual that he, he just speaks mm-hmm. these things into mm-hmm. reality. Like he spoke the world into existence, creation. He speaks and it comes to be. So I think just being reminded of the, the, the power of God in that sense that, he, you know, we do a lot of talking, yeah, and most of it's cheap, 
Yeah. And doesn't ever come to anything. Yeah. But God's word is, that, or God is that powerful that mm-hmm. when he speaks, it's like a done deal. It, it And it's remarkable. That's even, you know, throughout the ministry of Jesus, there are a lot of instances where things come forth through his spoken word, mm-hmm. you know, like commanding winds and waves to be sealed or, or, or to, to cease. And then I think even when with Lazarus, he's telling Lazarus to just come out, you know, yeah. his word is yeah. kind of going forth yeah. and bringing yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah, but I think to your other point, one way that I've seen the power of God's word in my life is seeking to teach the Bible and just seeing how it challenges my own life and like there's constantly things that I'm wrestling with that God's word is like I'm essentially preaching to myself, but then also like having this commitment to we're just gonna we're just gonna work through the bible mm-hmm. we're gonna let god's word do god's work yeah and watching that happen over the years of people lives being changed or people saying to me things like that was a very timely mm-hmm. word and i'm like well i didn't plan it yeah you know and i didn't really i'm just kind of talking about it yeah. here you know <laughs> yeah it is remarkable. There was even a guy, he just moved to Columbus this past week, and it was his first Sunday coming to church, and it was it was just encouraging for him to say, man, that was just exactly what I needed to hear. Mm. And how could we have known? Right, you know? <laughs> like, right, right. So, yeah, that's powerful. And then on a similar related note, like one other attribute or one other aspect about God's word here that you kind of mentioned there or sorry, about God, I guess, that's worthy of being praised, is that he has this authority over the nations, mm. particularly that his counsel, you know, uh, trumps those uh, other counsels that we would might be tempted to run to or seek wisdom or answers from. Yeah. And uh, even in Ecclesiastes, you know, there's kind of this temptation to, you know, uh, I, I guess they're... they're it, Ecclesiastes identifies that this gray period that we we live in where things happen that we can't fully articulate or understand, but at the same time, we can rely on God's promises revealed mm. to us in his word. Yeah. You know, even in Romans, in, in one of my counseling lectures I just had to listen to recently, you know, like thinking about the promise of, you know, in Romans 8, that God will work for the good of those who, who love him. Mm. Not meaning that we will, it works for the good of how we we view it fit, mm-hmm. but that the fact that he will bring us into Christ's likeness to grow mm-hmm. us into his maturity, you know, there is a confidence that we can have drawn from God's word as we walk through a hardship or a trial. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know how this is going to pan out in the end, but I can trust that God is ultimately going to redeem this for the good in, in my life. Yeah, yeah. And this, I mean, this item of praise, God's authority over the nations. It's some could read that right now and be like, man, it seems like the nations are out of control. God doesn't have authority. Yeah. Yeah. Or if he does, like what, what's going on here? Um, And I think then it's, it's important to see like we live in a, a world that is in rebellion. And so some of what we're seeing is because the council of the nations is so wicked. Mm-hmm. This is like the trajectory of where it goes. Um, and 
the solution is not like, well, let's look to some other political figure or some other political philosophy, mm-hmm. and that will be the, no, it's like, that just creates more mess. Yeah. You know, and the only one that really does have authority over to to establish righteousness would is the Lord and walking in his ways. Yeah, totally. And it is kind of interesting because it does even, it kind of reminds us back to what we looked at last week too of like, why do the the nation's rage and the people's plot in vain? And like ultimately it comes from this rebellion against the yeah, Lord and yeah. his anointed. Yeah, there's a lot of raging and vanity yeah. right now. Yeah, and that's just a theme that as people read, not only will they be psalms of praise where the Lord has delivered the psalmist and the nation of Israel against the nations, there's also other p- different th- themes of psalms that relate to the nations of like, mm-hmm. You know, there's a prayer of petition of like, we're going up against this. Mm-hmm. There's lament. You know, we are being surrounded by mm-hmm. those around us. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the very challenging ones, some of the challenging Psalms that we won't get into necessarily, but the imprecatory yeah. Psalms that is, you know, asking that the judgment would come on mm. those who are ultimately attacking the Lord's anointed and, and his people. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so there, that, that theme kind of continues. And then the last one that I thought through is, uh, what is, is the Lord's omniscience? Is that the word? Is that all seeing? All knowing. All knowing. Yeah. Is there one for all seeing? Uh, um, um, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. I don't know. Omnipresent. I don't know. Anyway, the Lord, uh, that theme of the Lord looking down on those who fear him, that the Lord, like there's nothing that escapes the Lord's yeah, eyes, yeah. which kind of has like, man, there's like, cuts both ways. It does cut both ways. There's a praise of man. The Lord sees those who fear him that are obeying him yeah. when no one else is looking. Yeah. yeah. And even when they're maybe suffering <laughs> for it. Yeah. And then on the flip side, there is like, even though we're, we're praising God for this, yeah. that is like a fearful oh, thing yeah. of like, man, the Lord God knows. watches even thinking through like, there's such an irony of like how many times wickedness goes on throughout the world where people are doing their best to make sure that no one else knows about it. They're deleting their text messages, Mm -hmm. erasing their search history, you know, doing things in private where no one else is around. Yep. But it's just the irony that the Lord is always watching, you know, you can't escape the, the eyesight of the Lord. So totally, I don't know. I'm, I know this is kind of a unique way of, going through the Psalms, but it's kind of a different piece of literature as we, uh, compared to some of the other ones that we've yeah. done before. No, I think it's good. I think it's good. Psalms of praise. Anything else that you think through? Like, I mean, do you try to, when you read Psalms of praise and there's one attribute about God that seems to reoccur, I mean, do you try to keep that in your mind throughout the day at all? Is there any, any I mean, I don't know if there's any like tricks. Is that what you're saying? Like to not necessarily as much tricks as much as just magic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just Neither. Um, yeah, I think that's ideal um, to to be able to do that. I think again, like doing this the way that we're doing it mm-hmm. might be a little more challenging. Yeah. to to do that. But Psalms, I do believe, generally are meant to be more ruminated on, mm-hmm. meditated on, yeah. kind of read over and really let them sink in and that you know what you're talking about i think is is kind of the end goal of yeah you know really anchoring in on a 
on a quality or character of God yeah. to praise him for. But I think also just in praise in general. I mean, a lot of these same themes, it, it, it's like we could, we could get up and praise God every day for, I mean, we think about the, you know, the power of his creative hand and, yeah. you know, just his gracious character and holiness. That's yeah stuff that we could just, that could always be part yeah. of our praise life. Yeah. And like you said about having scripture help us, articulate accurate thoughts about God back to him in prayer, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even, uh, you know, there are times there's been people that have mentioned, you know, uh, sometimes they'll pray through the church directory. Mm -hmm. That's been kind of a a growing trend. And there's, uh, some people will say like, you know, uh, well, I don't know who I'm praying for this person. And, I don't even know what this, like some of these people didn't even submit a picture. Yeah. I, don't even know, I don't even know how old they are or anything. What they look like. Yeah. But like, you know, even, even ha- allowing the Psalms to guide our prayers for people as these mm-hmm. are, these are things that we hope to see, particularly with Psalms of praise, right? You know, like this is a in posture anyone. we hope to see in everybody in yeah. our church, you know? So, you know, if you were to walk through Psalm 33 and pray through the directory, you know, even spending one verse per person, you know, Lord, we pray that Dom and Naomi Colatrulio would shout for the joy, shout for joy in you mm. and would continue to praise you yeah. every day. You yeah. know? And then just slowly kind of work through. So different different applications of how you can uh, guide, l- let the Psalms of praise guide guide your prayer life. Light shout out to Dom and Naomi there. Yep. We're getting dinner with them tonight, so oh, that was nice. kind of like, you know. All right, Rev. It's there been a minute. It's been a minute. But we're on to some questions. Oh. Question number one. In Genesis 49, this has been a minute. In Genesis 49, Jacob prophesies that the scepter shall not depart from Judah. Is this prophecy about the kings of Israel or about the coming Messiah? Much later in 1 Samuel 13, Samuel says, The Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever to Saul. And I found this confusing because he's from the tribe of Benjamin. We were already promised that the scepter would not depart from Judah in Genesis 49. Is Jacob's prophecy in Genesis 49 strictly speaking about the coming Messiah and not the kings of Israel? You got this. You just look like <laughs> Well, I think to though there's two aspects of that question. When you think about the the Saul piece of like the Lord saying that this you know this would have carried on or whatever. You know, there's actually a lot of places in Scripture that you could go down that road where the Lord, it's not like he's saying, you've messed up my plan. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, it's it, it's not as if, you know, these human behaviors are altering or superseding God's ultimate plan. I think those kind of statements are more... Um, statements of indictment of you not like well you could have had you could have had this and you screwed it up this was a legitimate offer yeah but you kind of exhibited who you are Mm -hmm. you know and why this would have never worked Mm. you know in your actions or whatever so i think that's that's a good it's a good question but this is not the only time that that will that question could be raised mm-hmm. because there's other situations 
in scripture that we would look at and say, well, in the sovereignty of God, like God's plan is, is moving forward. And he, he says to people or about people in indictment hmm. that, you know, even the nation of Israel itself, like mm-hmm. it didn't have to be this way, yeah. but ultimately he, yeah. he knew what was going to unfold. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It is interesting. Like, even that that prophecy in Genesis forty nine, because on the flip side, like there is one way of trying to figure out, well, how do we reconcile these two statements together? But you know, as the question kind of said, is is Genesis forty nine only about the Messiah? Mm. Like, it does have some pretty Messiah ish language. language. Like yeah. it's saying, you know, everyone's gonna bow down and obey you. You're gonna have your hand on the neck of your enemies. So I, I'm not saying it necessarily. That's the only application right. of it. It definitely is its ultimate fulfillment. Right. But that is a good question in between. Well, not, it's probably, it's not an either or. No, no, no. Yeah. Certainly not. Like to, it's not either talking about the kings of Israel or it's talking about the Messiah. It's yeah. really talking about both. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. All right, dude, you're, you got the hot hand. So question number two. In First Chronicles, why was the census so evil in the eyes of the Lord? Because the kings of Israel would put their trust in the armies instead of God? Or is there something else? And I'm reading this verbatim here. It's obviously viewed as evil enough that God decided to punish David for taking the census. So what's the dealio? What's the dealio? So I haven't heard that dealio? say it. What, since the 90s? Yeah, that's a 90s. You haven't heard that since radio theater in Iowa <laughs> in the 80s. Oh, yeah, that was that was the 80s. Uh, but this is definitely 90s. Not dilio. <laughs> that's a 90s word. So this, this question asker is mid-40s. <laughs> that's what I'm going to guess. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. I must be right. Uh, maybe. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't even know. I mean, it's hard to keep up with the inbox because it's so flooded. Oh, it's packed. It's just Jeez. who is, you know. Hey, all over the tell. world, uh, you know. Yeah. Antarctica yeah. last week. It's amazing. Um, the, I think this is a response to pride. I think the census. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's like, like there's, there's, there's a, there's a pride in David's heart mm-hmm. that is the real issue. Yeah, Joab, I was looking back at that passage. In second, the second Samuel account of it, it's interesting. David basically says he has Joab to go do it. Mm-hmm. He says, like, go, go count all the people. And this is what Joab responds with. He says, may the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times as many as there are, while the eyes of my Lord the king still see it. But why does my Lord the king delight in these things? And then it just, David, it says, but the king's word prevailed against Joab and the commanders of the army. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't even like, he really gives an answer. Joab's kind of like, hey, the Lord's already blessed us and he's going to continue to bless you. Why do you want me to do this? And Mm -hmm. it just says, go do it anyway. Yeah. You know, so there is kind of an interesting, is it discontentment? Is it pride? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, regardless. There's a little bit of Nebuchadnezzar-ish. Like, hey, I've made, look at all that I've. Yeah all that's out here yeah you know so all right man that's all we got i'll uh i'll pray for us when we're close heavenly father thanks for uh this time that we've gotten together and we pray lord that as uh listeners this week read through your word we ask lord that you would uh, continue to help us all uh, 
have accurate thoughts about you, that as we read through the Psalms, that you would give us right ideas about your character and your attributes. And we pray, Lord, like we read about today, that we would shout for joy in you and that we would praise you. And so uh, we, we ask, Lord, that you would continue to help uh, grow uh, all of our uh, love for you and, and our obedience to you as we see uh, your faithfulness through the Psalms. And uh, pray, Lord, that even as we read through it, it would gr- give us a heart for one another, that we would rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep and uh, help be honest and transparent about our emotions and our prayers to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Amen.